What is happening, OTC listeners? Another episode of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast is in your life. It is a lovely Thursday morning. Uh, I know every week we're supposed to do this podcast Wednesday night, but apparently overworking has been slammed, and I just got home pretty late last night. But never fear, I am here, I am in, and... It's another day. It's another day in paradise. It's another hot day. Seriously, I can't wait for this fall weather to come by. You know, every now and then when you go through different weathers and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I can't wait for winter. You know what? I can't wait for spring. I can't wait for fall and all that stuff. What, human beings, I don't think we're ever truly satisfied. I think that's what it is. You know, the human body can only get acclimated to weather literally for so long. You know, we always want something new. We always want, we're, 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 we're never, we're never fully content, basically is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Here I am thinking about the weather, the weatherman. You know what I hate about the weather? I hate about the weather and the fact that when you look at the television and you think to yourself, okay, I wonder how it's going to be today. And then all of a sudden it says like scattered thunderstorms or whatever. And apparently the weatherman or woman is always getting paid for being wrong. That must be the easiest job ever, in my personal opinion, to actually predict something, get uh, be wrong about it, and then get paid for it. I don't know. I, I, part of me thought to myself, I'm like, eh, maybe I should try a job like that. And I thought, eh, I don't want to look like an asshole on television. So, probably not. Probably not. Or at least a liar. Not, not so much an asshole, but, but more of a liar than anything. Anyway. Speaking of weather, let's bring up the storm with this week's news, DC, and Marvel stuff. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, As always, we're going to start with the DC content, then we'll jump into Marvel. Or I'll just vice versa and just talk about whatever I want. Because it's my show and I do whatever the hell I want to (laughs) do. So, by all means, let's get started. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor, an app that lets you record anything you want and form your own podcast of your own. And if you don't like that, you can listen to other people like me, thinking to myself that I have absolutely have 100% clues of what I'm talking about, with another case, I just, you know what, let me just summarize my thoughts and my opinions. And you know what, you can too. If you don't want to record, you can listen. If you don't want to listen, you can record, whichever feels your needs. Get Anchor right now on Google Play. Get Anchor right now on Apple. People still use Apple? Yeah, I think people still use Apple. Well, of course, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Get Anchor right now and do what you do best. Non-sponsored, by the way. Non-sponsored. Anyway, since last week, um, we've been talking about... Well, not since last week. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about... You know, the controversy between Disney and Batista and James Gunn and everything else. So, I feel like maybe for this week, uh, we're going to start with Marvel stuff after the um, news, quote-unquote news, that Brie Larson gave uh, yesterday. (laughs) Literally the night before in the afternoon. We'll touch based on that later on. But first and foremost, uh, more drama stuff going on with Batista saying that you know he doesn't care about being fired he doesn't care about what's going to happen with him in his career with Disney 
Uh, he wants to move on and so on and so forth. But then something he said not only got my attention, but got a lot of fans' attention. And a lot of fans um, in terms of Marvel or a lot of comic book fans, a few people wanted to know my personal opinion about exactly what he said. He said that Guardians of the Galaxy 3, or in this case the Guardians characters, may be affected in Avengers 4. That apparently the issues with the film being on hold could impact the next Avengers movie. You know, whether scenes may be cut or scenes may be altered or whichever the case, right? So, he not only does he have concerns, but he, I'm talking about Batista, but other people have concerns about this and, you know, uh, they think, oh, is Avengers 4 being in jeopardy or whichever the case, right? There are two ways that you can look at this. And, and this is just my personal opinion. This is not me, you know, getting some kind of source or whatever the case. There are two ways that you can look at this, right? Number one, if it does alter scenes, uh, cuts, editing, or whichever the case, right? Chances are the fans are going to notice it, the critics and everybody else that are not only comic book fanatics, but are also film fanatics, that they study movies literally since they were little, that they study every single art form when it comes to movies. They pay attention to that. Kevin Feige, the president of the, the MCU president, Marvel Studios president, would not want to run the chance of an Avengers movie being butchered just because of another project that is co-linked with what he is trying to do. In other words. There's no way. Since. Uh, basically put it this way. Fahey would not let his conclusion. Of his story. Or his narrative structure. Be. Complicated or impacted. Based on what goes on behind the scenes. Does that make sense? Like he's been working. He's He, he as long. As well as other people. In terms of cast, in terms of crew, um, editing production, the studios, everyone combined for the past 10 years have been working on this since day one, which was in 2008, right before the launch of Iron Man. I don't think he would let of what drama goes on behind the scenes to affect his project in terms of what it, he wants to show in an overall story, okay? Because at the end of the day, it's either Disney say so or... I, see, it, sometimes it's hard to actually pronounce, not pronounce, but it's hard to fathom who really has the ultimate say-so. Is it Disney or is it Kevin Feige? And I think, at the end of the day, it's Disney. But, since it's Kevin Feige's projects, everything falls under him. He was the one that produced all of these movies, so he knows exactly what's at stake. And I don't think the drama of Guardians 3 being put on hold until Disney finds a new director, which I still don't understand how they were not able to make that decision before firing James Gunn, but whatever. Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. And the concerns that Batista have, the concerns that many other fans have, 
I'm not really, I'm not too worried about it. I really am not. Because as of right now, Avengers 4 is currently going into post-production. If it's not already, it's going into post-production. If anything, what they're changing or what they're adding is probably more Wakanda scenes, maybe scenes for more Black Panther, maybe scenes with more Captain America in it since we barely got any of him in Avengers 3. Like, if there are going to be scenes that are altered or changed, they're probably going to add on to it. Not to mention, and keep in mind, this movie, Avengers 4, belongs to the Russo brothers. They are the directors. They are the ones that says what needs to be changed and what doesn't. So what another movie that goes on with a different director has really nothing to do with them and their overall story. So, I understand Batista's concerns, but I don't think it's going to be changed at all. The other side of it, if you truly want to think about it, is let's say they do alter the scenes for the Guardians. Let's say they do take out Drax or let's say they permanently keep the Guardians away from the Avengers. It's going to be so noticeable that the impact of the movie would drop significantly and it would lose so many people. It would lose so many fans, which at the end of the day would cause them to lose a lot of money. If you don't believe me, let's test that theory with other uh, movies that happened in the past. Remember Spider-Man 3? Remember how much of a train wreck that was when they thought that they could put in too much with Venom and Sandman and everybody else and they try to uh, uh, comprise so many different subplots into that one movie? Or how about the fact that You have The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I know I'm talking about a lot of Spider-Man. Well, he's my favorite. I don't care. You have The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where they were so focused on making another movie. They were so focused on The Sinister Six that they forgot on making a cohesive film. In a lot of projects, when you you look at it, when it comes to an overall story of a cinematic universe, Justice League, for example, or Batman v Superman, like... A lot of editing choices and a lot of scenes that can be cut and altered nowadays are very, very well noticeable. They're very well noticeable. One of the movies that I've seen that had that has such a terrible fast cut pace where you can't really see what's going on in terms of um, in terms of a comic book movie that has been recently released. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad in the third act was extremely choppy and it was extremely poor edited. Like, it was not accepted very well by fans. If you go back and rewatch that movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And this goes into saying that the writers of that movie only had six weeks. Six weeks to, 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 to write the movie And to direct it as fast as they can. They probably had a lot more time directing it. But that movie took six weeks to write. Now, what does this have to do with Avengers 4, you may ask? Basically, it's simple. If they alter or edit scenes that has to do with the Guardians in Avengers 4. That's already into post-production now. It's going to be very, very well noticeable. They're going to lose a lot of fan base. And chances are it's going to 
hurt, not help, hurt uh, the MCU down the road. So whatever the issues that Guardians 3 may have, I don't think it's going to impact Avengers 4 that much. Two different uh, different directors. It's a different ball game. It's a different project. They do whatever they're going to do. And I think they're going to keep everything the way it's supposed to be. So, moving on. Since I've been talking about Spider-Man a lot recently. And Spider-Man is one of my favorite characters. I pre-ordered my Spider-Man game for the PS4. Marvel Spider-Man. So I'm going to pick it up tonight. At 9pm. At. You know it. GameStop. I'm going to get the physical copy. And then possibly in about a week or two. I'll download the new download content. And. If that's not enough. If if you think to yourself that that's not enough. That you don't feel like playing the game. And you'd rather have a different character. Or other characters to show up. Apparently. Black Cat. Will be a new downloadable content. I don't know if you play as her. Or I don't know if she's going to be included into the story. But. She's going to drop. Her debut. Not debut. But. Her downloadable content is going on on October 12th. It's called The Heist. What it is. Is basically she leaves clues. For you as Spider-Man to find. So including the downloadable content of the city that never sleeps, the awesome suits, the Marvel Cinematic Universe Iron Spider suit, which looks, it still looks cool. Um, Ben Riley and uh, the other suits, including the one with the white insignia. I highly recommend getting the game. I know I haven't played it yet, obviously, because I'm going to pick it up tonight. I haven't played it yet, but IGN Pretty much scored the movie 8.7 out of 10. I did not watch their entire review because I didn't want to be spoiled for anything. I pretty much fast forward to the final score. And I trust IGN. They're very, very credible in terms of game. uh, It's a gaming channel. They're they're a gaming company. So I trust their judgment based on anything. Um, If you haven't pre-ordered Spider-Man, pre-order it. And if you want to wait until it comes out, it comes out tomorrow, September 7th, Marvel Spider-Man for the PS4. So go get your game and swing into action, webhead. (laughs) In other Marvel news, the Venom director won't comment on a possible Spider-Man cameo. He says, I quote, I don't want to get in trouble. I have a few things to say about that. Uh, not really a few, but and they're, they're more a little more a little quips than anything. Yeah, quips. Um, I don't know if he's contracted or he if he's under contract and saying that he's not allowed to say anything in terms of anything related to Spider Man since Spider Man is being borrowed by. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because remember Spider-Man is originally owned by Sony. And Sony and the MCU Marvel Studios pretty much made the deal to borrow Spider-Man until either late 2019 or early 2020. So it makes sense that the director um, 
can't comment on whether Spider-Man is going to be in it or not. My guess is, and this is just, again, this is not me getting any sources. This is just my personal opinion. So take it as you as you want it. My guess is, since we talked last week, that Venom is set for three movies. And they're going to build their own cinematic universe based on Spider-Man characters. Spider-Man is going to be heavily, heavily referenced in the movie or in the universe. But chances are he might not show up. Until his contract with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is done. That's my guess. I think with the launch of Venom. That's going to be in October. They're going to push him as being the cash cow. The cash cow for Sony. Since they botched the last two Spider-Man films. And they're going to him open the Cinematic Universe and make way for other characters to have their own spin-off films like Black Cat and Silver Sable, like Morbius that's going to be starred by Jared Leto, like other characters, maybe its own sinister <clears throat> its own sinister 6, like Venom is going to pave the way for that. Here's my concern and 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 here is here is here's what I'm afraid of. Sony is not very good in learning from their own mistakes. Especially when it comes to comic book films. Because at the end of the day, it's all about making the moolah. It's all about making the money. Okay? If they expand into other characters like Black Cat, like Morbius, and like any other character that has anything to do with Spider-Man, I hope... I hope they do not repeat the same mistake for The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and focus so much on the other cinematic universe franchises or the other characters and they just focus on making a cohesive movie. In other words, say Black Cat and Morbius, um, maybe, possibly, they're going to get their own movies, right? Let's not put them in the Venom movies yet. Let's not make a movie where you have to reference all these other characters and set up what's going to happen in future films. Okay? And for those of you who are confused with what I'm talking about, let me give you a brief example. Do you remember Avengers 2 Age of Ultron? That movie was so set up on the Infinity Stones and a lot of people didn't know about it, okay? Do you remember the bath scene that Chris Hemsworth slash Thor had uh, around the middle of the second act? And in the bath scene, he had a vision about the Mind Stone and the other six Infinity Stones. Do you remember how that scene felt so out of place within the movie? They needed that scene in order to set up for future movies. We don't need that. We don't need that in, the, in a cinematic universe. Just focus on making a cohesive movie. Focus on your own individual storyline, your own plot, developing your own characters with the narrative structure, with good dialogue. That's how you make a good movie. Deadpool was not concerned about making a sequel. They were concerned about making their movie, its movie, as best as it could be. And I hope 
I dear God hope Sony learns from that mistake and just make Venom its own movie. You want to include the other symbiotes? That's fine. Just focus on making a good movie. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say. Uh, let's see. For the last piece of news, we're going to jump into Captain Marvel. But before that, I just want to give a little uh, mention. A couple of days ago, or a few days ago, the Luke Cage star, the, uh, the star of Luke Cage, Mike Coulter, apparently, he got in trouble for a tweet. A tweet that he made about Ariana Grande. Apparently... Late last week or early this week, Ariana uh, Grande got groped by a pastor. She got groped on the breast, like just groped by a, a, a pastor. It was all, all over the news on the entertainment world in Hollywood. And Coulter, Luke Cage himself, uh, he tweeted saying, Now this is how you shoot your shot. Zero fucks. Exclamation point, exclamation point. So basically, he was giving a sarcastic humor. A lot of people didn't take it as such, and then he had to delete the tweet, and then he had to apologize for that, saying, oh, I apologize, in no way was I making fun of her, or was I making light of the situation, I don't condone the behavior, blah, 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 blah. But also pretty much what other celebrities they get in trouble for whenever they make a certain comment. The only thing I gotta say about this, alright? You know that a character, not a character, you know when an actor is being sarcastic. First of all, I don't condone the behavior at all. I, the, the pastor should be fired on the spot or whichever, right? Is this really a big deal to, to attack a guy that's trying to be sarcastic, which you can clearly see reading from the tweet? No. Because you're pointing your fingers at the wrong person. You should be pointing at the pastor. You should not be pointing at the guy that is just making an opinion on Twitter. You know what I realized? Twitter is now a, pl- a platform where a lot of people can get in trouble for the simplest things that they write. Which brings back to James Gunn from 10 years ago. Brings back to... um, uh. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, the MMA UFC fighter, where back then he talked about the N-word and how and apparently in day and age that's how people speak, but no, we gotta watch what we say and whatever. It's it's oh man. <sighs> I don't know. I, I just think that a lot of people are just getting way too sensitive. Because if you truly think about it, if you truly, truly think about it, if this was a comedian on stage, let's say at the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, or the Laugh Factory in LA, or whichever the case, if it is in LA, or whichever the case, right, wherever it would be, if this was any other comedian or anybody else, and they were to make that same joke or that same sarcastic humor, people would be laughing their ass off. But no, because it's a star that we see on Netflix... And because he made a sarcastic tweet, now all of a sudden we're all up in his ass about it. Like, just, if you're going to start pointing the fingers and start placing blame, how about you place blame on the guy doing the action, not a guy making a comment about it. So, that's all I got to say about that. Let's, let, let's, let's move on from it. Let's, let's move on. 
Anyway, last piece of Marvel news. Brie Larson, two days ago, said that she was bored and she wanted to break the internet on Entertainment Weekly. So I'm thinking to myself, and a lot of fans are thinking to ourselves, Oh snap, what is going to be the breaking news? Are we finally going to get a a Captain Marvel trailer? Are we finally get to see what she looks like? What Brie Larson looks like in this entertainment industry where we can see the trailer and we can watch over and over and get 10 million views on YouTube and then we can see for once and for all how Captain Marvel is going to do the best she can in the mid-90s with Nick Fury doing what they can in order to stop Thanos in the future cinematic universe and films? And it's a picture it's a photo a poster pictures of what she looks like in the red blue and yellow costume yeah that's breaking the internet hmm breaking the internet um, maybe breaking a computer, like if a diehard fan is got a hard on for maybe I don't know, hoping to see if we finally get some footage, and then a picture comes up that we've seen countless times this past year, maybe better from fan art. And he breaks his computer, smashed it into pieces. If that's what you call it, want to call it at that. <laughs> All right, let me stop this sarcasm. Uh, it was extremely anticlimactic in my personal opinion. And we've seen photos many times before. It was a young Nick Fury. Um, we have a bunch of aliens on a beach. I think I didn't I don't know. I, I didn't look at all of the pictures. All I know is Brie Larson with four other people. They wear the they're wearing the same green getup. And they're us in one group you have them and another group you have apparently Ronin is coming back and you have him and a couple of other bad guys and they're facing against each other. So not really not really spoilers because a lot of people has been, you know, talking about this in terms of the history of Captain Marvel and in terms of you know um what's what, what's going to happen or what may happen. Uh but again, no spoilers. Um well, not really spoilers. Captain Marvel is mostly going to take place in outer space. That's number 1, okay? Number 2, the movie is going to take place in the mid 90s. Okay, that's all we know. That's all we pretty much know. And after the first trailer, which will most likely be a teaser trailer, um, we're going to see exactly what Captain Marvel is going to be made of and how she's going to help the Avengers defeat Thanos. Or maybe she won't. Maybe she'll defeat Thanos herself. But then again, that would not be good to do because, you know, I mean... You you need the Avengers to work together in order to to defeat Thanos. You you kind of you kind of need to. Um. I along with a lot of people were very disappointed by the news. 
I don't think a trailer is going to be dropped until possibly towards the end of the year. Yeah, I would guess towards the end of the year. Um, the movie is going to be released March of 2019. And all we have to do is just be patient. That's all we have to do. We just pretty much have to be patient. I have to, I have to admit, I was actually pissed off about... <laughs> I, I definitely was pissed off about the uh, breaking the internet. Like, you haven't really broken anything. If anything, you just stirred up, not controversy, but there were, um, no doubt there were a lot of pissed off fans. I'm sure something of technological value, something got broken. <laughs> uh, I will say though, Brie Larson looks really good in the getup. Brie Larson looks very, very good in the getup. It's only my, uh, Kind of, it kind of want to makes me look up the history of Captain Marvel more from on YouTube, but mm, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. Because I don't want to spoil myself, and I want to like I rather see the movie and then do a history, like uh, uh, uh like not a history review, but like a history, um, seminar on Captain Marvel for myself. That's just me. That's just me. Anyway. That's all we have for the Marvel news. Let's jump right into the DC comics in the DC world in terms of the DC nation. Oh, that could be an interesting name. The DC nation. <laughs> so, starting off, kicking this off, we have the DC Universe. It's finally launching next week, September 15th. Ironically enough... <laughs> we have the DC Universe launching September 15th. Ironically enough, that is Batman Day. And Titans, the show Titans, and from the Teen Titans, is going to be on October 12th. And new episodes will be released every Friday. We can catch the premiere on October 3rd at Comic-Con. Which, I don't know how that would work. I'm sure a lot of people would go the night before to watch the premiere of Comic-Con. But, Comic-Con starts on October 4th. Ooh, I can't wait for Comic-Con. I can't wait. I can't wait for Comic-Con. Catch the premiere on October 3rd at Comic-Con for Titans. Get your subscription if you want your subscription. It is $7.99 a month or $74.99 for the entire year. So... However you want to organize that, that is completely up to you. If you want everything DC content in terms of, you know, superheroes, in terms of comics, if you're a big comic book fanatic like me, if you love DC, get yourself the subscription for the DC Universe dropping September 15th. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are welcome. Another piece of news. Warner Brothers is desperately, for some odd reason, and I'm very puzzled about this, Warner Brothers desperately wants Lady Gaga for a role in Margot's, in Margot Robbie's Birds of Prey movie. Apparently there's a rumor that they want her to either become Huntress or the Black Canary. She turned it down the first time, again, this is all rumors, but she turned it down the first time, and now she's back at the negotiating table. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it seem a little interesting to you that people want, uh, not people, but the studio wants Lady Gaga, who, as I pre- uh, previously mentioned before, in terms of actors getting a lot of exposure, like, I don't remember seeing her in a lot of roles. She's an actress. Not maybe not a full-time actress, but she's an actress nonetheless. She's a singer, you know? And I'm sure she's very good at what he does. I can't help but speculate that this is Warner Brothers' way of trying to get more eyes on the Birds of Prey movie if Lady Gaga is in it. In other words, if she's going to be like the main mascot of the entire movie. How often have that has that worked before where a movie is going to like a movie is just about to begin or a movie has been dropped in terms of trailer features and all of a sudden we get a big name that has to do with it and we're thinking to ourselves, "Ooh, that must be a great film because this person is in it." And then we watch the movie and we're disappointed by the outcome. You don't believe me? Remember Expendables 3? Remember when Ronda Rousey and all of these other actors, this gigantic clusterfuck of actors in an Expendables movie was in it. And all of a sudden, Ronda Rousey was one of the Expendables. And we're thinking, ooh, people are... I remember this one guy came to me. He goes, oh, I'm going to see this movie. And I'm like, why? Well, Ronda Rousey is in it. Um... What about the other actors? What about uh, J- Justin State, uh, uh, Jason Statham? What about Jet Li? What about Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Terry Crews? You know, um, I, 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 uh, I, I can go on and on. You know, Mel Gibson. Like, what about those? Yeah, but Ronda Rousey is in it. Okay, fine, fuck it, whatever, you you do you. That's what it seems like to me. Like, it seems like Warner Brothers just want this actress to play a character just for other people to have eyes on the movie. It's gonna, it, it, it may work, I don't know. Whoever she plays, kudos, I hope you knock it out of the park. But again, this is all rumors, so it's not confirmed whether she's in the movie or not yet. It's it's not been confirmed. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's see. Joker starts filming next week on September 10th in New York City. The movie is going to once again uh, hit theaters on October 4th, 2019. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see another take of the Joker Starring Joaquin Phoenix. Apparently he lost a lot of weight for this role. So. Eh. Sometimes you, you have to look the part. In order for you to act the part. Sometimes you gotta look the part. I mean. Seeing tons of actors and. Other people that work out their asses off. Just to play a role and just to be a role. You know. And the actor's life is, is no is not an easy feat. An actor's life is is not easy. Uh, another piece of news: Jay Oliva, who's a storyboard artist, says 
Ben Affleck's script is the best he's ever read. Interesting. So, remember last year, Ben Affleck says that he would be writing and starring in his own movie, The Batman. And he was not only going to be writing it, but he was going to be directing it. And he's going to be starring in it as well. Well, apparently, he didn't like how his script was made. So, he decided to scrap the entire be- uh, idea and then get rid of the project entirely. And now the project has been dropped to the director, Matt Reeves. Uh, from another point, another perspective, which is the story bar artist says that it's the best that he's ever read. It only makes me more curious to hear what Batman, Batman, what, what Ben Affleck's, Batfleck, what Ben Affleck's take on what his script was going to be. Like, I actually want to watch an interview or or hear him talk either on podcast or, you know, in a studio interview or whichever the case. I want to hear what his script was about. I want to hear or at least, you know, have some kind of understanding of where his mindset was when he wrote the script and then what made him just dish out on the entire idea. I don't know if Matt Reeves' version is going to be better or worse. I don't know if we're ever going to hear Ben Affleck's version. I don't know if maybe one day the script will be taken upon by someone else and will be tweaked. And then they'll probably make it into a different character that's Batman related. The sky is the limit. As of right now, all we can do is literally speculate on what the movie is going to be about. Since chances are the penguin is going to be the main villain of the movie, which I still don't understand why they would repeat a character that we've seen from past movies and not bring a character that hasn't been portrayed yet. What about Clayface? What about Hush? You know, what about um what's what's that guy's name? Let's uh, uh, not Ra- not Rachel Gould because he's been portrayed by many characters. Um, Firefly could be fine, even though wouldn't really pose much of a threat to Batman. Um, someone like anybody else, someone that has not had their film debut yet. Ooh, or. I, I got an idea. Who ooh, here's an here's an interesting idea. And whoever's listening to this, take take it with a grain of salt. A Batman horror movie. Batman saving uh fighting crime, saving the nights every single day, and then a horror movie of the man bat. The man bat who is trying to wreak havoc upon the city. And it is a horror movie, and it's horrifying. Um, damn, that's all I got. <laughs> a man bat horror movie. I dig it. I would definitely, definitely dig it. <laughs>
That would be very interesting. That, w- that would be very interesting to watch. Fuck it. Have the man bat in the movie. Have the man bat in a future movie. I would love to see that. Batman against the man bat. Why not? Why not? You know what's funny about the man bat thing though? Um, I remembered watching in the animated series about the man bat and how the original character actually turned into him uh, with the formula that he took and the sound, the high screeching sound and the background music that played, that was terrifying. If you rewatch that scene, it's a little terrifying to watch, you know? Let's have a man bat movie. You know what? Uh, uh, fuck it. I'll write the damn script. I'll write the damn thing. <laughs> Imagine that was Ben Affleck's version. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. But anyway, that's all we have for this week for the DC and Marvel news. A lot of stuff to talk about, especially from Guardians. Again, DC Universe launching. It's going to be exciting. Uh, once again, get your Spider-Man video game this Friday, September 7th. Uh, If you've pre-ordered it, hope you enjoy it. I know I'm going to when I pick it up tonight. Um, I want to introduce a new segment, not really a segment, but a new discussion in the podcast. It's called Best Scene of the Week. Since I talked a lot about Spider-Man, and Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character, I decided to compare two scenes of what I think were the most epic in any Spider-Man movie. The first one is Spider-Man Tobey Maguire stopping the train with the webs that he did and his face was all intense and you can feel the impact of how much Spider-Man was trying to save those people. Right? Because that's one scene. Like that, that... That epic scene I could watch over and over and to me it's like one of the best scenes ever in a comic book in a a Spider-Man movie. The sheer madness of him trying to stop the train, him trying to save those people and then as soon as he's done he passes out and you just have that melody that goes. That soundtrack, that Spider-Man soundtrack from Sam Raimi films where the people are carrying him over their hands. And they put him down and a man is just looking at him and he looks at him and he goes, he's just a kid, no older than my son. And that moment, it's such a powerful moment because it made other people see and realize that this individual, this kid, even though Tobey Maguire was in his, probably in his late 20s, early 30s during that time of the movie, but that's neither here nor there. It made them realize that this kid sacrificed himself every single day to do what is right. To have the sheer will to do what is right and save other people. To put other people before him. To do the right thing. That with great power comes great responsibility. To be responsible for other people's lives in New York. That's such a powerful scene. And the two kids... That just gave him the mask. Brilliant. Not to ruin the moment. But take that scene. And think about what it would be like. If that was in the Bronx. Or Brooklyn. 
Think of what it would be like if that was in the Bronx or Brooklyn and someone were to do that to a Spider-Man character. They would have their phones out. They would put it on Snapchat, Facebook, hashtag Spider-Man revealed, hashtag who is this kid, hashtag get this kid out of my face. Oh man, like, oh. Oh man, it just makes me realize how much times have changed since then. Back then, it'd be a lot more forgiving. Now, you you would catch him in every single form of media. Every single form of media. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the second epic Spider-Man scene, you guys know what I'm talking about. Spider-Man Homecoming, where Tom Holland is trapped under the rubble, under the building. And he's screaming. He's screaming. He goes, help Help, I'm down here. I can't move. I can't move. And then, in the original comics, it was Ben... Uh, not Ben Affleck, Jesus Christ. Uh, ben Parker speaking to him in his conscience. That he hears um, his uncle's voice. But in the movie, which makes sense, it was Tony Stark's voice. He says, if you're nothing without the suit, you shouldn't have it. And that that time, he realizes... That he doesn't need the suit to be Spider-Man. He has sheer. Abdominable will. If that is the word. Abdominable. He has the sheer will. To do what he has to do. He is Spider-Man. He doesn't need the suit. He doesn't need the gadgets. He doesn't need Karen's help. Karen the voice of his suit. He doesn't need any of that. He is Spider-Man. And through a sheer force. He just. Just. Rips the rubble and and carries the rubble and and the he pushes it off off of him and it was such an epic scene oh my god it was one of the best oh man and it makes you realize he's just a kid he's in way over his head way over his head but that doesn't stop him from being the Spider Man damn I want to be Spider Man. Those two scenes, those two epic scenes are pretty much my favorite scenes out of the entire movie. But those of you who are listening to this, what was your favorite scene? Let me know at mgmagnum715 on Instagram or the mgmagnum on Twitter. And if you want to follow me on Snapchat, since I have a Snapchat now, mgmagnum v3, v for version. MG Magnum V3. Oh man. Tell me tell me what you guys think. Which which scene was your favorite? Or any other scene from any other Spider-Man movie? Maybe I forgot it, or maybe uh maybe it's the um the bell tower scene where he just rips the symbiote off of his uh, off of his body. You know, it could be anything. You know? Every week I'm going to do that. Every week I'm going to look at two movies and compare the two or two characters that have something to do with the same best scene of the week. And I'm going to compare them. And I want to know what you guys think. My personal favorite, honestly, my personal favorite is the train scene. For nostalgia reasons and the fact that how other people saw him. I, I favor that a little bit more than... 
the 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 building rubble scene. But that's just me. Anyway, since we are nearing this episode's end, let's go with a did you know? <clears throat> so, who? I'm sorry. I need I need to catch my breath here because I I just got so passionate and epically excited about um Spider-Man and the 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 scenes that I was talking about like oh man that's true passion that really is no, nothing can come across that <clears throat> anyway so did you know oh we'll be right back in just a sec Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, I had a phone call, an important phone call that I needed to, to attend to. But anyway, uh, as I was saying, since we are nearing the podcast end, which kind of this is the end, let's start with a did you know, <clears throat> a DC fact, mind you. Did you know that in the late 19, uh, 1970s, Green Lantern and Wonder Woman was apparently supposed to be a love couple, but... The idea was scratched because a letter, a fan letter, suggested the same exact thing. A fan letter to the to the company that owned them. I'm sure it was way before Warner Brothers in the 70s. Uh, he suggested the same thing. So, due to legal reasons, like this prohibited DC Comics from moving forward with the idea. So, can you imagine that? If that fan letter never happened, can you imagine that Green Lantern and Wonder Woman would have been uh, an interesting couple? I'm sure it wouldn't make sense, but, you know, most powerful Amazon in the world and the guardian of all cosmos, supposed to be the guardian of the universe or whatever Green Lantern does. I think it would be a very interesting couple. Imagine they're babies. And we very have interesting babies. Hal Jordan and Diana Prince. Very interesting babies. Hmm. I mean, from Justice League, their family or their kin or whatever you want to call them, they did kind of fought against Steppenwolf. God, that movie was bad. I swear, I think I need to do a... um. Uh, 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 a review of each DC movie as it leads on to something else. Like if a new DC movie comes out like Aquaman at the end of the year, at the end of this year, I should do like a brief review of all the other DC movies that happened up to that point. So Man of Steel, if I'm not mistaken, there are five so far. Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, um... Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, now Justice League. Yeah, why not? And then that'd be that'd be an interesting that'd be an interesting time. And that that would be interesting. That way, I can point out the uh, the flaws and the strengths of each movie 
and we could decide once and for all which one was actually better. Well, Wonder Woman by far is better out of all of them. But in terms of which one was the worst, whether it's Batman v Superman or Justice League, I don't know. I keep on flip-flopping between those two. Like, I like Justice League a little bit more because it was a lot more lighthearted. But Batman v Superman, even though it was a hell of a train wreck, it does it definitely has a more cohesive story than the Justice League. But, I don't know. I have to rewatch those two and then decide once and for all which one is actually better. Or which one that I personally favor a little bit more than the other. That's neither here nor there. Anyway... Let's end this with a supervillain quote of the week. And since Loot Crate, not sponsored, since Loot Crate is doing an Invaders theme with Venom being one of the main giveaways, you can set up your own studio if you want to on your YouTube with Loot Crate every month. Subscribe to it because I'm thinking about doing that to set up my own mini studio with random gear that shows up. And... I want a Venom statue, or a little Venom figure, like a pop-up Venom. I want that. I do want that. Yeah, I think I will sign up for Loot Crate. <laughs> anyway, this quote from Venom. <clears throat> you must be examples of the sociopathic youth that I've been reading about. Led down the garden path to lives of criminal over indulgence by violent TV shows, comic books, and video games. We don't believe for a second that TV, comics, and games twisted your little sick puppy brains. I mean, we watched and read all that same stuff. And look how nice we turned out. Venom. All I gotta say... Since that quote was not only just about Venom, but just about life in general. If people want to commit sick and twisted things based on what they watch or what they do or what they listen to. Those are not triggers that makes a person become a demented being. Maybe that's just who they are. That's all we have for today. Tune in next week. Stuff always happens. News always breaks. More DC, more Marvel content. Um, let's get ready for Batman Day for September 15th. Maybe I can do a history of a Batman movie. Maybe the Tim Burton Batman films. That'd be epic. That'd be pretty cool. Be very interesting to rewatch those movies again. As of right now, we are done. We are through. Peace out.